Step away from the noise of social media and mainstream news. On Watch in Washington is your place to hear directly from leaders and difference makers in our nation about the issues that face us as believers, families, voters, and people of prayer. Join us for the next 15 to 25 minutes and be inspired, challenged, and encouraged. It's time to fuel up so we can pray and change our nation. And yes, we always pray together. Welcome to 2024 and Pray With America's Leaders. This is our first live webcast of the year, and we are excited to be joining with you to pray for our nation, to pray for those who are leading in various ways in our nation, whether it be governmental, policy, or even protecting all of our rights and religious freedoms in our nation. We are excited to bring you a program today that we think that you'll find not only encouraging and valuable, but but um, just really inspiring. And uh, we, I, it is a story that many of you have been praying about. And as you may know, Today, we'll be joined by Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote. Um, and there was a major win that was handed down to True the Vote and Catherine and her team and those that were being on the uh, side of in court that uh, unlocks some great rights for you and assures some rights, um, no matter where you live. And we're going to talk with her about that here in a minute. Uh, but I want to just take a minute and let's just... Um, ask the Lord to be in our time today. As you can see, I'm not at the office. We're having some internet work done today. So we took the safe um, idea of um, actually um, doing our production from home and it's chilly and we've even got a little bit of flurry. So I lit a fire. I hope it's not distracting, but um, I feel like it's a great way for us just to sit down. You grab a cup of coffee, grab your prayer notebook, your Bible, and let's pray together and let's just lift these things up to the Lord today. So let's take a moment. Let's all pray as we um, get a chance to um, put our hearts right before the Lord and ask him to speak to us as we um, go through all of this. Um, let's go ahead and all pray. We are um, here praying on the webcast and also on the conference call line. So we want to thank you for all that you do to pray for our nation. As we look back at um, 2023, it is amazing the answers to prayer. I want to encourage you, if you've not looked at IFA's um, annual report, which we call our impact report, you may see it on our website. You may have been emailed a copy. You may have been mailed a copy. That and our state stories are two great ways for you to be able to look back at the answered prayer that we saw happening um, across the nation through IFA and the, the areas and the states where we're working. It is, uh, a, I guess it's a, it's a great way for us to, to see uh, what God is doing and to be encouraged that this next year, as we look ahead, and what some people may feel is very daunting with the election coming up here, that we are um, encouraged that God is moving and that he is answering prayer. And we can have faith that those prayers we're praying this year for this big monumental year and these monumental issues that he is well in hand with what is happening. So I want to go ahead and bring our first guest, Catherine Engelbrecht, here today at True the Vote. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. Your story was one of the big stories at our 50th anniversary 
And for those people who were there, you received the God Working Through You Award. Um, and it was specifically for the work that you do that shows great courage. And um, it's kind of cool that there's a, a tie-in to this case that you were a part of. But um, many of our people are familiar with the, what you do and how you um, are working to protect our voter rights and the election process that we all benefit from. So I want to thank you first off for all the hard work that True the Vote does and uh, welcome you to the program today. Oh, well, thanks for having me, Chris. I, I mean, look, I know we're going to get into the details, but I just straight out of the gate, I want to say that Intercessors for America is such an important part of the True the Vote program, knowing that uh, that you guys have our back in prayer that I can reach out and have many times when we are uh, in a, in difficult situations and be lifted up. I just can't tell you how much it means to be a part of, of this program and the, your broader program going forward. We just thank the world of you. Well, thank you. And light and right back at you. We've been walking <laughs> this road together for a while and you have been so inspiring as you display such great courage. And really, you're you're a very smart cookie. Um, not only are you, you know, fearless in so many ways to to be able to do the things that you do, but um, just being able to see some of the slicing and dicing and the legal aspects of all of this. This is no small task. Um, I want to back up just a minute, and if you could just tell us how did you even get involved in this? And I know we talked off camera about the fact that 15 years, but I think that you got into this very organically. Can you share a little bit about that? Um, yes, uh, and in fact, I'll share share the full organic story that is rarely heard. I was in 2008 um, not involved in anything beyond just voting, uh, and and worked locally in my in my city politics. My dad was on city council for 20 years, and so I knew the the value of civic duty. But I wasn't involved in anything beyond that. I was talk, using the word organically. I was literally working in my flower beds and had the radio on AM radio, and they were talking about the debates, and it was just something was just there was a catch in my spirit about how how strange it seemed that the, the, the debates were focusing on things that I felt were so disconnected from what was really happening on the ground and the real uh, facts of the matter in our day-to-day -day lives. And I felt the Lord just say, this is, this is, this is your time. And it, it really went from there, step by step by step. That's when the Tea Party was just starting. All of a sudden, I was, I was primed when, when that began to... Uh, kind of take hold. I got involved in that, recognized quickly that while there's such value in just the, the process of finding your voice, I'm very action and solution oriented. And so, you know, I knew that the passion had to translate into action in some way, which which led to, to my questioning, what can we do where we can just go and serve and be a part of a, a bettering a process? Well, let's go work in elections. One thing led to the next. And now some 15 years later, here we are. But um, I, I think in hindsight, I, I see now more clearly that everything has been for 2024 or for may, maybe more specifically said for now. Everything that the Lord has led us through, all of the trials, all of the shaping um, at the potter's wheel has put us here and, um, and we're ready. Well, what I find so inspiring, I guess, is that you, 
you know, you didn't come at this with a poli sci degree and, a you know, <laughs> a, a stint in, you know, being a page and, you know, working in a congressional office. You were a citizen, a mom, a person who, you know, took a step. And so I think that when we look back at the roots of some of our, you know, heroes of protecting our rights and our liberties and who do these things, many times they were just average people like you or I, or those of you out there who just decided to do something. So I want to just kind of lay that out there as, you know, that, that um, you didn't just wait for somebody else to do something, you did it. And I think that's all that is, it takes sometimes is just deciding that I'm not going to wait for someone else. I'm going to take action. I'm going to take a step. And then you find yourself here, um, you know, organizing, you know, massive amounts of um, efforts to protect the vote. And I'm sure you never th saw when you were beginning that this is where you would end up, that the Lord would bring you. Um, so, you know, here you are. No. I, I absolutely never would have imagined it. And I can assure you that there is a running uh, commentary between myself and the Lord where oftentimes I find myself looking up and saying, you know, I never went looking for any of this. Just let's just be <laughs> real clear. I didn't want any of this. <laughs> and but it's also very freeing to know that I look, I'm not running for office. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I'm just trying to do what I think we need to do in the interest of election integrity in the interest of this country and our fellow countrymen all of our fellow countrymen in the interest of preserving what what was inspired by the lord in the creation of this country ultimately to serve his call so it's it's all it's all about just trying to separate the signal and the noise and you know and i i as i say i, I feel like i roll out of bed and fall off a cliff every single morning but it keeps me honest and authentic. I know I cannot take any steps without, you know, putting the cross and going going behind. And so I'm uh, putting the cross in front. So um, anyway, that's that's what this is all about. And it's a journey every day. Well, so now fast forward, we, we know the work that you've done in, you know, looking at elections and encouraging people to get involved in their local elections, to be a, a poll watcher or a volunteer or, you know, to um, encourage messaging, asking for your voter rolls to be cleaned and, you know, those kinds of things. But fast forward to your efforts on this case that we're uh, going to talk about here today. Tell us what happened in Georgia. Give us a little background for those people that have not been tracking with this. What was happening that you got basically pulled into court for what they said was unlawful activity? Give us the background. Sure. So it starts back in November of 2020. Uh, in, in November of 2020, when, when Georgia's election process just came totally off the rails for the world to see, um, we had so many people reaching out to us concerned about what they were seeing with drop boxes and with mail-in ballots and and with the, the, the knowledge that their voter rolls were inaccurate. And when we say voter rolls, I specifically mean the database that the state and counties keep of who is registered to vote. And there are certain requirements that must be met. You must be of a certain age. You must live in the jurisdiction from where you're going to cast your vote. You must be alive. Uh, you know, I like to say no, no representation without respiration. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's, and it's, and there is a, there's a whole management process behind keeping that database clean. And that was not being done in Georgia. So you had this 
this flurry of problems all played out on a national stage during the 2020 election. And so in the immediate aftermath, you may recall that that in Georgia, there were Senate seats that were going into the, the elections of 2020, pushed them into a runoff in, Janu in January of 2021. And that was going to decide the, the leadership of the Senate. Those two elections were going to decide the leadership of the Senate. So, so all of a sudden, Georgia became the epicenter of the free world for elections. People were coming to us saying, what can we do? We just saw this, this meltdown in, in the general election. Is there anything we can do to try to create a better environment for trustworthy elections in the upcoming runoff? And so we did a bit of a dive to one of the things that we are always um, and have been involved in for the past, you know, since True the Vote started, one of our very first projects ever was looking at how to get the voter rolls cleaned up. And what we learned way back then was that many states have provisions that allow citizens to, to provide what are typically called challenges. I think that's a harsh word to use, but that's what's what's typically called in election codes, a citizen challenge or a voter challenge, or in the case of Georgia, they call it an elector challenge, where if you know that there are ineligible records in your county, you can present those records to your county and it starts a process of their consideration for potential uh, inaction or not to say that differently, uh, to take an active registration and make it inactive or suspend it, different standards in different states. But what was so unique in Georgia was that Georgia offered the opportunity, typically 90 days out from an election, the rolls are frozen and no changes can be made. But in Georgia, they have a provision at section 230 of their election code that allows for citizens to bring these ineligible records for consideration to the county up all the way up to five o'clock the day before an election. Now we wouldn't recommend necessarily waiting until that very last minute, but that's just what, that's what the law says. So all that being the case, we had people saying, what can you do? We realized, okay, you, Georgia has this unique provision. Why don't we do a deep dive in the voter rolls there in Georgia, see how many elig ineligible records there are, recruit volunteers across the state who want to participate in bringing this information forward in their counties and create an environment where if people who no longer live in Georgia show up or mail in more often, mail in their ballot to vote, that a question is asked at that point, do you still live in Georgia? That's what this challenge mechanism in the Georgia law would have set up. And so uh, we ran the analysis, over 364,000 records appeared to be ineligible on the basis of residency, meaning that according to commercial databases, people in the registry no longer lived where they said they lived. And so those by standard were ineligible. We took this information first to Secretary Raffensperger, told him about the project, told him what the numbers were, made sure that we had our methodology correct, that that the numbers seemed reasonable, clear. To, I mean, it's, it's ironic because he ultimately wouldn't come and testify in our case. That's a different part of the story. But we cleared it all first, and then we, we went forward with the project. Within just a few days um, of, of the announcement of this project, Fair Fight, which is an organization founded by Stacey Abrams, uh, backed by uh, the, in, by the lawsuit against us. The lawsuit was led by Mark Elias. Uh, over the years, it's been because it's been a three year long battle. Uh, over the years, the Biden Department of Justice also got involved. And so, uh, 
a couple months ago, this all culminated in a trial where all of those attorneys and all of the players converged in federal court in Georgia to to ask the court to consider the question of whether or not what what true the vote had done in assisting citizens in this way uh, was illegal was a violation of the Voting Rights Act, Section 11B of the Voting Rights Act, which has a criminal element to it. And, and the goal was to was to quash true the vote from keep prevent us from ever working in Georgia. This is the, the relief that they sought to, to remove us from Georgia, to send a message across the country uh, that true the vote uh, was not to be um, aligned with. But but I think the, the biggest the biggest of their efforts was to impact everybody watching and listening to this podcast right now, everybody across the country who still believes that citizens can have a role to play. They they wanted to send a message that you better sit down, shut up, and, and take what's coming because you have you have no authority to to engage and reclaim you know, reclaim your right to have a trustworthy election. And that is simply not true. And so we had to stay and we could have settled at any point and certainly would have, you know, cost us a lot less, but we didn't. We stayed and we fought and we won. And in that victory, we find a victory for all Americans who care about free and fair elections, because this is the season of citizen engagement. And now is the time. And this is a path to do one of the most important things we can do in the 2024 election, which is get the voter rolls clean. And now we have a, a path before us that's already been um, adjudicated and makes things, I think, I, and I hope, emboldens millions of Americans to now get involved. Well, it, it was no accident, I'm sure, for this case to be brought to trial at this time, hoping that it would go their way and would, instead of paving the way for citizens to speak up and use their rights, would go the opposite, as you mentioned, and would then reverberate across the nation. So um, tell us about testifying. Um, you know, that this had to have been daunting. I know because we talked that it was, you know, really stressful and you're facing potential criminal charges. And what, what would those charges have been? What could they have been? Is there a, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very murky because in, in their prayer for relief, they really seem to just be seeking for us to be, you know, just destroyed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they just yeah. want true the vote ended, but right. um, you know, the, it was daunting, I guess, in that, um, first of all, it was extraordinarily expensive and that's a challenge. I mean, we are, we are not a large organization and there were many, many, many well-funded organizations who stood on the sidelines and, and, you know, just sort of watched this play out. And I'm very happy that everybody is taking a victory lap now, but, uh, it, it was tough. It was tough going by ourselves for sure. Um, the other part of it, I think that was so, uh, challenging was that it, the whole thing was just surreal. Like all we did was follow the absolute letter of the law and, and encouraged citizens. N no voters were intimidated. It was never even about the voter per se. It was just about inaccurate records. We had gone, I had gone to visit with the secretary of state to confirm and get his essentially blessing on what was happening. I mean, we, we took every precaution that we could have thought of and it wasn't. This wasn't a partisan thing. Uh, it, it was just. It was just a. It's just a good process thing, 
And, and so to see it go so, so off the rails um, was, was really difficult sitting day after day in that courtroom going, how can this, you know, having, they call person after person up to the stand to talk about how awful we are. And I just, how mm. can this even be happening? And, mm -hmm. and, and that, that part was challenging. And, and I, I, you know, I appreciated um, the opportunity I had for better or worse. I had two because the, the plaintiffs and that, and the plaintiffs in this case were fair fight um, and, and the people that they called around them, um, they called me as their first witness. So I was, was considered a hostile witness and that was my first you know, time to speak. Um, they took everything that True the Vote has done or many things that True the Vote has done uh, since uh, 2010 and, and, or you know, before and, and found a way to twist them to their purposes and, and you know, bring this all out on the stand in this way that you just take, you just shake your head like, but that's just not, it's not reality. I mean, it's not reality, but it all had to play out. And, and I believe, look, uh, at the end of the day, um, I think God set all this in, of course, of course, God set all this in motion, but it's, it's beautiful to look, look back now and see how it all unfolded just in time so that the first day mm -hmm. that we all sort of get back into business of 2024, we get this ruling. And I, and I believe it is, it is a, a symbol of God's faithfulness. This is sort of the election integrity rainbow that says, <laughs> I promise it's gonna be good if you just keep the faith. And um, and so I'm just, I am so incredibly thankful. It is such an answer to prayer. And I know so many people were praying across the country for this very thing and for, and for you know, the court case. And, and we had people from across the country come and, and sit in the courtroom and, and listen and, pray and I just, it's, I mean, we're all in it together. And um, so I'm way off topic from your question, but that's, that's how no. it all felt and happened. That is exactly what we wanted to know is just, you know, how did it all unfold? And I think that, um, you know, it, one of the things that I have appreciated about you and True the Vote is that the you know, there's a faith component there. There's, you know, you're, you're not just about the voting. You've, you've got personal faith and you rely on that. And of course, I don't know how anybody could do what you do without faith in Christ and without prayer. Um, you know, because what you're doing is such ro rolling that, um, boulder up a hill and you've got the might and the pockets of all of those who want to, you know, um, maintain their own power and uh, keep citizens from having any say and and question or or you know any of that uh, deep pockets and um, you know you're the David and they're the Goliath and and that can only probably feel like you've got um, any um, chance in snowballs chance knowing that the Lord is advocating for you and that you have faith that he can do miracles and answer prayer. And I'm sure that sustains you. And we've talked about that, that faith is, you know, such a, a central part of, you know, how you can do what you do. Absolutely. It is, it is wholly sustaining. Nothing else makes sense. Just the, just the, the idea that we're on the other side of this and, and, and not only, you know, survived it, but won it. It's just God. It's mm. just God and, and that we are so, so thankful and, and, you know, and so onward. I mean, we'll just keep, we'll just keep showing up for the, for the battles that, that God calls us to. And, 
and it's all about 2024. I just, I know it in my spirit. It's all, it's all for this time. And this victory is a sign. I believe that, that, that God's faithful in his promises. And if we will stand, he will deliver. This is not our battle. This is his battle. We just have to stand. And so that's what we're going to do. I want to take a minute and let's, we're going to pray. I want us to give thanks for this decision. Um, Mm. You know, many of you have been out there praying. I know many of you are also on, you know, Catherine's um, platform. It's called Onward now, right? That's for the podcast. Yes. For the podcast. And then True the Vote and you're on Locals. I think you've got multiple ways that you message and include all of your folks. Um, And many of our people are your people. Um, you know, I, so I know that many of you have been following this and we've, you know, been covering it and, and, um, um, praying about it as well. So I want us to collectively give thanks because this is what we, what we need to do. And I know you've done this, but let's do this together because when God does answer, we need to recognize his hand Mm. and we need to thank him and we need to, you know, recognize that he is working it. It does us good. It honors him and it unlocks the spiritual um, working that he's going to continue to do through us. Um, So, Catherine, I want to ask a little bit about, um, sorry about that abrupt ending. We're kind of doing things a little differently here that we're not in the studio. Um, So, but I want to ask, what does this unlock for people? Because we know basically, but can you give us some examples of what now people can do? And, And Elizabeth, we, Catherine was interested to hear also, and you can pipe in in a second, what um, how are citizens in Georgia, how are intercessors in Georgia seeing this? And is there much discussion and excitement about this decision um, that you're hearing from the average citizen? I know Catherine's you know, involved at a certain level and she's very in tune to all this, but I think her interest was what are the average people thinking and hearing about this because of the, the loss or the uh, um, court case decision victory? Yes. Go ahead, Elizabeth. So actually, I have been attending um, integrity, um, election integrity hearings. So I do know what is actually going on. So I sent this information to some of the key intercessors that I participate with when I go to these election integrity hearings about this win. And interestingly enough, that it happens to be at the beginning of 2024. That is very significant. And they had what they call, what I would call a wow moment. And they were absolutely elated about this victory because at each of these integrity election integrity hearings, we could see the battle and we could see how fierce it was. And the citizens really have, have been waiting They've been waiting for answers and they knew the answers were coming, but they didn't know when. But this really is a pivotal time for this answer to have come. And we really thank God that this has happened. And the citizens are really excited about it. The intercessors are very, very encouraged, absolutely encouraged about it. And, um, I just wanted to say one thing that you might not have been aware, Catherine, of what was going on while you were at that county in the northern part of Georgia. 
in that county, that is where a revival broke out. That was God's plan. He had planned that. On the night when you were there, the day before the revival broke out, the next night we had our prayer meeting and we began to petition the Lord. We said, Lord, Catherine is in this county. There is a reason why the revival is breaking out at the same time. And we pray that every person that was making a decision at that time would be influenced by the power of God because we believe the atmosphere shifted at that time and the powers of darkness could not operate like they intended to because the power of God had taken over. That mm. revival continued up into early November. So it was God's orchestration. He absolutely orchestrated that. He knew you would be in that county, as many counties as we have in this state. He knew you would be there and he knew there would be a revival. And the interesting thing is that revival was by the church that I happened to be attending. So I thought, mm. well, this is really interesting. This is absolutely God. So we knew that victory was coming. So we're not really surprised about this victory. And we know he's just started. He's going to move forward and it will be even stronger. And together, we are very encouraged. God, what an amazing, yeah. I mean, um, God just, you know, the things that he does that we don't aren't even always aware of. And there's potentially even more things like that. But Catherine, I'm sure that's got to just be, um, you know, even more gratifying knowing that God was pulling other people to pray and revival. Oh, it's everything. I mean, it's just, we're, you know, if there's one message I, I could, could convey that people would take and just, you know, hold in their hearts is, is that God is so in this and we are winning. It may not feel, I mean, clearly Monday was, or Tuesday, I guess, was a victory. That, that was, that was on paper, you know, a, an affirmation from man's court, but God's courts are already mm -hmm. calling the shots, have been calling the shots for such a time. And we just have to stick together, have hope, keep working mm -hmm. and keep mm -hmm. believing that God, because God is going before us and it is his victory. We're just, we're, you know, we're just the hands and feet here, here on planet earth it's being played out in the heavenlies we just have to have the, the the courage of common sense frankly to keep moving it forward so it is so it's just humbling to have been a small part in in this particular chapter of the story uh with many more chapters to come um what it really means in terms of the the the, the judgment and how it how it impacts other activists that are working in this space, you know, what we were being accused of is, is voter intimidation. And, and we're still involved in many lawsuits and, and have over the years, you know, unfortunately been on the receiving end of many lawsuits. And they all seem to tie in in some way uh, an aspect of, of allegations of voter intimidation and racism. And it, and it just it gets so ugly so quickly. Um, it, and as I described earlier, it just make when when you when you know that there's not a stitch of you that has any intention of being intimidating or or ex, you know, just ex, uh, creating any bias or all of those things just that just don't ring true. It's very hard to have you know to face those accusations. But in any event, 
what the court has laid clear now is that if you follow the law and which is what we did um you know we're not contacting voters we're not we're, we're following the law as written uh, in the court's opinion that is not voter intimidation and 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 so that is very very clarifying on a number of fronts and and for that you know we should i mean i'm just i'm so thankful to the court it, it was very he, because at the end it was very clearly worded in his decision because it was fought in federal court this is case law that can now be used i mean if they choose to appeal by, by way of example it will go to the u.s supreme court uh, if we were to lose in in the 11th circuit if they file an appeal and if we lose that's the direction we go and so my point in sharing that is it impacts the entire country. But more than than the case law is, as Elizabeth said, I believe it, it, it is it is a sign of God's promise. It is a sign that that we are on the right track, that that we should be broadly emboldened to continue in the pursuit of trustworthy elections. That, that that we should recognize the power and the authority that we have as citizens and take those take those opportunities don't just sit on the sidelines in 2024 of all years we must get in the game and just voting is not enough and and and, and I recognize that not everybody's particular passion may be election integrity. That happens to be where the Lord's put me. But wherever it is for you, you can make a difference. God can use anything you do to inch His plan forward. He will use in mighty, mighty ways. So just stay engaged. Keep praying. It's working. And you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm staying out on the battlefield. God has called me for such a time to be a warrior. And, and that's what I intend to do. I intend to see this all the way through to completion for his purposes, whatever that may be. I'm all in. It's working. We just have to continue to have hope, have faith and moving it forward. You know, I think one of the things that I've always appreciated about what you, the attitude you've taken is because it can be a very, um, discouraging fight that you're in you know you're you're seeing a lot of um things that can be um disheartening and you're fighting some pretty big giants but you've always been hopeful and i think that's what we the the attitude that we have to come at all of this is is because if we're not hopeful then we don't really believe that God can move. So it's almost mm. like we have to be hopeful to kind of put our faith in the right frame of mind as a signal to God that we believe you can do this. And so I think that the hopefulness is, um, you know, begets more prayer and more action. Because if, if, you, if we all, you know, see, see this as oh, this is a battle we're not going to win, they have so many people, they have so many deep pockets, you know, this is, you know, this is just too far gone, you know, nothing's going to go right. Um, when we think that way, first of all, we're kind of prophetically calling things out. But second of all, we're, we're, it, it gives us no room to pray with any sort of faith. Um, so I think that it's incumbent on us to be joyful and hopeful and believing because um, to do anything less than that is to discount what God can do. And I appreciate that about 
how you talk about these things. And I've seen an increase in that when it seems like it should go the other way. You've been in, you've been in jail, you know, for you know the whole thing before. You could be somebody who's very bitter and who has you know a lot of negativity. But I've even seen a rise in your um, sense of um, hope, and it is also um, create. It is also um, catching to the rest of us. And that's something that we try to do at IFA too, is to, uh, to pray from a point of hope. I love that. I love that. I mean, IFA just, uh, you, uh, you go first, you go first in all of this before, before us. And, and, um, I'm just so grateful and, and thank you for the kind words. I, I mean, I felt it in my own spirit, particularly, uh, over the holidays time, you know, where you're, you're given a little bit more time to sort of be reflective about what it is that's coming next. And I just, I know that I know that, that as I have long known that this was a spiritual battle, we've, we've all long known that, but to I think we may have lost your audio, Catherine. I don't know if you can hear me, but I think we've lost your audio. So let's, um, let you reconnect on that. I don't know if you can hear us, but um, we want to pray for Catherine because I know that what her, what she's doing, she's got the year ahead of her in in leading the efforts and and being the the person who um, their organization is really the tip of the spear for um, good laws and good adherence to the laws that are there for protecting the vote for all of us. Um, it's it's part of what you know, our nation is built on a, a, a nation of laws. And we hear that all the time. And part of that is assuring that people's right to vote is not diluted by all of the things that we've talked about here today, the voter rolls being um, dirty and people being, you know, on there who shouldn't or people votes that should not be counted being counted because they were done so improperly or in the, the wrong way. So we want to pray for you, Catherine, as we look ahead to the year that I know that will be a big year for you as you're kind of you're steamrolling ahead of many of us and you're kind of the snowplow that is clearing the path for many of us as citizens to do what we need to do, which is to speak up, to participate in the civic process and to, um, continue to pray for our nation during this critical year. Well, Catherine, any last words you want to impart upon our folks as we're praying together today? I just thank you. Um, there, there is, you know, clearly I'm, I'm called to true the vote, but I would submit that I don't think that there's a more important organization in our country than intercessors for America praying on behalf of, of, of the needs of our organization, but of so many others. And it, it covering everything we do now in prayer, it, it's, it's always been essential, but I would just say that now it, it's, it has to be the first step of every battle plan. The Lord is going before us here. We just need to make way. The battle on paper appears too big in the heavenlies, it's a, uh, it's, it's all achievable. It's, it's all victory. We just have to be willing to do our part. And so I'm just so thankful that, that we are um, connected with you, Chris, and with Dave and with all of the intercessors at Intercessors for America. Uh, we commit to staying on that battlefield 
fighting the good fight. Uh, we have lots in store for the months ahead, lots of volunteer opportunities, things that, that we are just so excited about. But you can believe that everything we do, um, IFA is going to know about, and, and we will seek your prayer for, <laughs> and, uh, and together we'll go. Well, Catherine, I also, we are excited that as we move forward in 2024, um, we're going to be doing some things in praying for the election, and you're going to be a big part of how we're helping to facilitate getting people mobilized to not only pray, but to take action, to be a part of the process. Your organization is so good at that, and we're going to be interfacing some of those things. We're going to hopefully be providing prayer for some of the work that you're doing as we all are moving forward in the same direction, and uh, it is um, not the end, but the beginning. So thank you for joining us today. I know you're busy. I know you've got, what's the next thing that you have that we can start praying about today? Oof. We are um, announcing some projects that are taking a look at voter registration, making sure that if you're not registered, you get registered, that if you are registered, that your registration is active. And if you have moved any, to any state uh, since or from any state since becoming registered for whenever that was for you, if it was 18 and you got registered and then you've moved state to state, uh, to go back and look at those states where you've come from to make sure that you're no longer registered there. And so it's sort of a three-step process that we're going to be walking people through. It's a huge step in the, in the efforts to clean the voter rolls, and it's something that we can do individually. So that's that's what, in fact, I just before joining this program is what I was uh, working on launching. And we're going to be at rallies across the country helping citizens do this. And I'm just I'm just super excited. Well, pray now, folks, that this rollout would be smooth and well accepted and that it would be used um, to the you know, to the degree that it needs to be used. So um, thanks for always looking for ways to do that. Thank you for joining us today, Catherine. We appreciate it. We will continue to get updates from what you're doing. We um, appreciate all the hard work that you do. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Chris. All right, folks, we are so excited that we have a plan and a purpose as God has a plan and purpose for us. And as we move forward in 2024, we uh, we have a lot of great things in store. We have been praying and seeking the Lord, and we've got a wonderful team of folks that are serving both in states across the nation and at our home office and many of our partner friends that are working in areas such as voter integrity and um, other areas that we're going to be partnering with. So thank you for being a part of the IFA community. What you do matters and we are glad that you are participating. I wanna encourage you, if you have not been a part of our state prayer ministry happenings in your state, join up. You can find that on the community tab, go down to state prayer groups, and you can find out when your state meets for prayer. Many of you say that you have not participated or you did not know. And if that is not something you've done, we encourage you because in 2024, it's going to be critical to be praying with your fellow voters, your fellow citizens in your state, not only for the spiritual climate in your state, but for your elected officials, for the legislation, and yes, for the elections that will be adjudicated as the Secretary of State presides over each state's elections. And so it's going to be important for you to be a part of that process with your state and fellow intercessors 
professors that live in your state. So join today. And as Elizabeth prayed, she is our state leader in Georgia. And these state leaders are amazing. They're well connected. They are they're prayerful. They are looking for ways to uh, be used by the Lord to gather intercessors for state to engage with with elected officials and taking intercessors in and gathering them as a community within the state. It is the community within the community. And so we want to encourage you to make 2024 the year that you engage with intercession in your state through IFA. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you will join us next week as we have more great content and more time together to pray. And tomorrow is First Friday. You are not going to want to miss this program. Uh, it is going to blow your mind. Tomorrow, uh, Dave is going to be interviewing a man who has chronicled the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. He has seen it all and he has made a full 634 page report as to what is on there. And he is going to share with us um, some of the truths of what he is aware of and uh, what you may not be hearing from the legacy media and other sources in the government. So don't miss this live. And you can pray for this young man as he has stepped forth in um, coming forward with this information when it had been buried by other groups. Um, and so you are not going to miss this opportunity to pray and hear the truth about what's happening uh, with the Hunter, lap Hunter Biden laptop and the contents. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. And we're glad that you joined us today. Join us too. And we're glad that you joined us today. Thanks for joining us on Intercessors for America's On Watch in Washington. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And share the word. We bet you have a praying friend who would love to listen to. Visit ifapray.org to access our library of free content, including prayer guides, special intel reports, articles, news, and items for action. We're glad you're a part of the IFA community.